opportunity to talk to Nick Africano over Zoom video. Nick was born and raised a couple hours south of Chicago in Illinois in a college town, and he talked to us about how he got into music. He came from an artistic family. His dad's a painter and a sculptor. His mom was a teacher and also designed clothing and jewelry. But he didn't get into music and guitar until after an injury where he was in a back brace for a year. And that's when he started to learn how to play guitar. Around that same time, he was invited to a friend's house who was in a punk rock band. So he got to see them perform. And that kind of got him really excited to learn how to play music. He talked to us about getting his first songs written and recorded. How after his mom's passing, she was so impactful to so many people that they actually started a GoFundMe, gathered a bunch of money, and then gave that money to Nick to help him support his music career and for him to record a record. He talked to us about moving to New York and his brand new album, Gossip of Flames. You can watch our interview with Nick Africano on our Facebook page and YouTube channel at Bringing It Backwards. We'd love it if you subscribe to our channel, like us on Facebook. And follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Bringing Back Pod. We'd appreciate your support if you follow and subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. We're bringing it backwards with Nick Africano. Our podcast is all about you, man, and your journey in music and how you got to where you are now. And we'll, of course, talk about your new record, Gossip of Flames. Great, great. Yeah, thanks for having me. Sure, man. Um, I did read, are you originally from Chicago? Nearby. Um, Nearby? I'm, okay. I'm originally from two hours south of Chicago, um, a, a small town named Normal, Illinois, believe it or not. Was it normal? <laughs> you know, that's the running joke. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's actually, yeah, it's, it's, you know, it's Midwestern, it's a college town. So, you know, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's fairly normal. <laughs> what was it like growing up in a college town where your parents uh, professors? Uh, no, they, we lived close to the university. Um, they're both artists and, uh, my, my mother did some teaching, but not at the, not at the university. Um, but I ended up going to a high school that was kind of affiliated with the university. So that was, um, kind of lucky, uh, as a, as a good school. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, you know, a lot of baseball, a lot of, uh, cornfields. That's cool. Um, <laughs> well, how did you get to music? I started playing music. Um, I started writing when I was very young, but not songs. Um, and I'll never forget this one day I was a freshman in high school. I walked into some new friends I had made, invited me over to their house. I walked in their basement and they were playing uh, electric guitars and had like a punk rock band. And um, I just looked around the room and I, and I thought, I want to do this. Whatever these guys are doing, like I want to, I want to do this. And I, you know, I listened to music. I'd grown up listening to music and um, always been writing. And then it just kind of clicked. It made sense to me that the writing was more immediate with singing and songwriting. So it kind of started in that basement. And then um, later in high school, I had an injury. I had a back injury and I uh, had to wear this brace for about a year. And mm -hmm. during that time is where I played guitar every day. Um, that kind of like, was the beginning of a shift towards <laughs> more music mm -hmm. where you said you got a back injury. Were you like a baseball player or something? You brought a baseball. I'm just curious. Yeah. I played a lot of baseball. Um, and I couldn't play for about a year, uh, Ugh. and you know, couldn't run, couldn't, um, like throw. You know, be super athletic. So, you know, during that time I sort of just dug in and, 
learned how to finger pick. <laughs> wow. Which is a skill in itself. I mean, I, when I, I could poorly play guitar, but it was always like, okay, I want to learn like power chords. Cause I know I could play anything, but finger yeah. picking is still to me, like one of the most fascinating things when it comes to yeah, guitar playing. <laughs> yeah. That was like just zoning out with the brace on, you know, I would even just watch a movie or something and hang out and just finger pick and practice. But mm -hmm. you know, a lot of front porch time as well. Sure. Um, you said your parents were artists. Are they musicians? No, uh, my father is a sculptor and, and painter. And wow. my mother made jewelry and clothing and all kinds of things. Um, so I always kind of grew up around that. That's cool. That's really yeah. cool. So obviously you had art in your, in your blood there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love your wall, by the way. Like, oh, the, I just wanted to comment on that because I love the, how the, you have the black window frames and then like the white brick. That's so sick. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm lucky I have a, I have a open kind of an open loft space right now. That's sick. OK, cool. <laughs> so you started learning figure picking. When did you start? Were you writing songs fairly quickly yeah. or like, I mean, that's an interesting uh, way to go about it. I'm just curious because you said your friends were in a punk band and that kind of sparked your interest. There isn't too many finger picking punk bands. If any. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I didn't really play punk, you know, I guess they're, they're probably more emo like than punk, but, um, uh, I kind of started backwards. I started, I also really loved the blues at the time. Um, I kind of started backwards though with songwriting. I didn't learn anybody else's songs. I just started writing songs and, you know, that's sort of like a blessing and a curse, you know, when you learn other people's structures and how they're writing and how they're moving through progressions, um, you understand better what they're doing, how they're doing it. And I just kind of jumped in and started trying to write songs. Um, and then I feel, I feel like I went, you know, to the beginning and learned other people's songs. So I kind of, when I, when I was 17 or so, I just started writing, trying, trying to write songs. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> just kind of uh, well, I've talked to a lot of artists that do that because then you're not kind of almost mimicking maybe other people if you start learning like someone else's songs and you're like, yeah. I don't know, like subconsciously like taking melodies or something. I don't know. Yeah, 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 it's true. So, but then sometimes it takes you a little longer to understand the structures of other songs when you, you know, you start with your own. But, it, but it's, it's kind of, it's kind of cool because then yeah. I wasn't following like, verse chorus verse chorus structure is just kind of like writing um but yeah it started there when did you start um showing these songs to people or performing out or i i think we i think i played some gigs in high school we had a, i had a little high school band briefly um but then in college i started uh doing the open mic thing and i started playing some solo shows, uh, sort of singer songwriter solo shows at local coffee shops and at the college. Um, and then met some really cool guys and had a college band. We started playing venues, uh, in, and that was in Minneapolis, St. Paul. Oh, uh, you moved to Minneapolis to go to college. Yeah. I moved to St. Paul for school and, um, throughout school, met these guys, started a band and, uh, played around the twin cities. It's a good music scene, uh, in the twin sure. Cities. Yeah, yeah, huge right. music scene, right? <laughs> yeah. <And so>. Prince. <laughs> yeah, right. Yep. So that's cool. Um, well, what was like kind of the next, you know, victory as far as your music career went? Like when did you start start, you know, when did the ball start really get rolling to get rolling for you? 
Yeah. Um, it's, it's interesting story. So I was kind of on track to try the graduate school route and maybe do, maybe be a professor. Um, I was studying English. I was really into that and just kind of like exploring, you know, what it would be like to go on with school, keep going. Um, and then right before I graduated, uh, the week of my graduation, my mother passed away and oh, at her funeral, um, a group, she was teaching at a high school in Bloomington, Illinois, and a group of her friends and colleagues presented me with a check that they collected amongst, you know, dozens of them and said, Hey, your mom was always talking about your music. Um, here's, she said you were interested in recording we gathered up a small fund, like go record your music. Oh my so, gosh. Like three months later, I made a little EP. I don't even think I mastered it. I don't even think I knew what the hell I was doing. I just mm -hmm. like recorded it, mixed it. Um, the, the mixing engineer was like, you're going to master this, right? <laughs> I was like, um, sure. Yeah, what's so, that? <laughs> <laughs> of course I am. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and so that was it. There's this little five song EP and then uh, started playing some more with that college band uh, and then shifted to wanting to write more songs on my own. And um, I had a friend moving to New York. And so I kind of had an apartment available and moved to New York um, about 12 years ago. Wow. So uh, that was, you know, the recording kind of started with that little EP and then um, I made another solo thing back then. And then, you know, I've been kind of making stuff ever since. Wow. Yeah. I mean, obviously your mom was a special lady for them to get together to, to, to great, you know, get this money and then wanting to put it towards your project. Like that's really amazing. Yeah. It's very cool. And then, you know, my, 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 my dad and my stepmom also, you know, chipped in and helped out at that time, uh, you know, so I could go and, after recording, I actually like print a few copies. So it was, it was very, um, it was very supportive. You know, I was very mm -hmm. lucky. That's really nice. So once you get to New York, how is, how hard was it to get into the scene there? Uh, I knew, so I knew a few people. I moved out here at the same time as a couple of people I knew from Minneapolis. Um, I had been driving around the country on my own, trying to, you know, build my own tours and play small gigs and, um, New York was always a focus. So I just started driving out there or flying out there before I moved there to try and get into the scene, meet some people knowing that I was going to move. Um, but I kind of got pulled in right away. It was, it was great. And, um, I mean, I think one of the first gigs I played was this little place called Rockwood Music Hall where I still play. And, um, it was like a Monday at 6 p.m. <laughs> you know, you're sure. new, so they're like the, be oh, the best, the best time slot, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Monday at six, and then we'll see how you do, kid. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, that was a that was sort of like this melting pot and congregation for all these musicians to hang and meet each other. Um, so yeah, I kind of got pulled in right away. But then, you know, New York City. It, it can also pull you in just to get by day to day. So then you, you know, you spend, you spend a lot of time not doing music unless, you know, unless you're making your, your full living right away from that. But, mm -hmm. um, you know, it was great. I got kind of sucked in, picked up. Yeah. I can imagine it'd be very hard to, to create a, like a life there as far as, as an artist. 
Yeah, you know, it's uh, I was working in restaurants and uh, I still work in the wine industry. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, it was it was kind of like, you know, you you land in New York and you kind of you get pulled into the current right away. Mm-hmm. You have to actively step out of the current to kind of slow down. Mm-hmm. Well, aside from music, you are all, you're also an artist, right? You do paintings and, and you sell stuff online as far as that goes. Yeah, I, it's, it's always related to music. It's always involving um, lyrics or things that are inspired by the songs, uh, mm-hmm. imagery or symbols inspired by the song. So I, I do really love making watercolor paintings. And um, it's, it's very liberating because I, I don't take it as seriously for some reason or another. I just, you know, it's, maybe it's the mental thing of, you know, I don't identify as a painter. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I identify more as a musician. So it almost feels more free. I just kind of do it without being self-conscious. Um, you know, I'm getting there with, <laughs> with music in that regard too, but there's like a liberty to putting no pressure on yourself, you know, so mm-hmm. it's, it's kind of fun with music. You're always like, you know, you want it to be good and the best and everything. And, um, I just never have felt that way about painting. Just sort of like I do it and don't think about it. Sure. Well, your art is amazing. I mean, your music's <laughs> great and amazing too, but the artwork, I love you did like the, is that a wine bottle that you did the artwork on? Yeah. It's like a yeah. blue with the yellow in it and everything. Yeah. It's I, a cool I can't... piece. It's really cool. I can't take credit for that one. That one was oh. actually the bull, the bull, the blue and yellow was an Italian artist named Massimo Sorelli uh, in Italy. And I did all of the, the, the text around it. Like oh, I did, really? I did the, all, I did the script. The that's yeah. cool. I mean, that's still amazing. <laughs> yeah. That's, um, that's a new, that's a new project of mine. That's a little bottling project that my current, uh, my current gig helped me develop. Um, so it's, uh, I now have a little side project of bottling Sherry and, uh, that, that one is named after the first song on the record, Mirador. Oh, really? So, yeah. so they all, I mean, you talked about how it tied in with your music. So tell me about the new record and well, real quick before that, I mean, you're in New York, which is the thick of all the COVID pandemic, right? Yeah. Um, where were you at when that all happened? Were you did that and how did that affect you or maybe even this record? Um, yeah, it affected. Well, it affected all of it. Um, I was living in Bed Stuy in Brooklyn at the time and um, had a ground floor apartment, living with my fiance at that time. And we were lucky because we both kept our jobs mm-hmm. and we could work from home. Um, I couldn't play music for that whole year, but I had, I had been working this part-time gig that luckily went full-time. Um, but it was, you know, I think that if you lived in less densely populated areas, you didn't realize how crazy it was because I mean, sirens, ambulances, people banging on pots and pans every night for the healthcare employees. Yeah. Um, and it was more intense in Manhattan because there was just more traffic and more sirens and where i was in brooklyn was calmer but you could you felt that going on you know and your friends were talking about it and it's just more people so you couldn't go and be around people because the you know the dense population we luckily had a little back patio area it was kind of an oasis at the time Mm -hmm. um yeah but it was intense and then you know on just 
performing online shows. I decided to not release my record. Uh, it was done. Um, and I had some friends releasing stuff and, and I decided to wait and hold on to it and uh, just wait until the next year. So it was, yeah. it was also kind of like a building year. You know, I just, I, I was writing, I was playing the songs from the record um, and trying them out, trying to get used to performing them alone. But yeah, it was intense. I hope that yeah. your pandemic was, was all right too, man. Oh uh, yeah, <laughs> it was what it was. I, I was actually, my family and I just, we just moved to Nashville oh, great. Uh, in the beginning of March, but yeah, we're in Southern California. My wife and I are born and raised in San Diego. So, uh, cool. so our kids were there and then, you know, we ended up becoming the best decision to move to here. And so we're here and, we love it, but yeah, I mean, it it sucked, man. I mean, I was in I've I've worked in radio for sixteen years, yeah. and it was weird. Like in the beginning, we we're essential workers, right. so we had to go to work, and they like mailed us like a FEMA card. I mean, it was like they're. I thought like it was like going to become a police state. You know what I mean? It was like right. I had this card, and my you know the company came down and said, "Hey, if you get pulled over, show them this card," and like that you had a purpose to be outside and it was really scary. I mean, right. it was a big scare around everything. I'm sure. Yeah. But being in New York, I can't even imagine that. I mean, you guys were not only is everybody kind of living on top of each other, but the rate of cases there was crazy. Yeah. The cases are crazy. It's also a place where you're used to seeing a lot of people pretty often, whether it's oh, the train or walking or at your work playing gigs and then to see New York City kind of empty was sure. very trippy. It was almost it was also, you know, peaceful, but I have the privilege of saying that because I didn't get sick. Um, right. You know, or walking around was very, very eerie. And then there were moments where it felt very beautiful to see the city without the chaos. But of course, that's coming from a place of, you know not having been sick so right 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 i mean it was it it was still like kind of eerie looking at even times square when they did the new year's i was like this is bizarre like yeah it was very bizarre. there wasn't just 10 million people there <laughs> going crazy it was like open yeah. and yeah little pockets of people but yeah, yeah what a what a weird weird time so you ended up having the record done you said and you kind of kept it for you just held it yeah for a while. yeah decided to hang on to it um so yeah the record was uh, recorded and mixed by the end of um 2019 pretty much uh beginning of 2020 um final mixes were pretty much done mm -hmm. and just kind of you know decided to to wait and but the the nice thing is that during that time i made some music videos i you know, kind of prepared for the release. Um, so it, 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 I think it was okay to be patient in that sense. Yeah, I had already yeah. waited a long time to release it. So it didn't feel too bad to continue. <laughs> Keep waiting a little bit. Yeah. And then yeah. you can roll it out a little bit fuller as far as like, like you said, videos, I'm sure it was, yeah, everybody had to like really adapt and become very creative in their yeah. own regard. Like everyone now it's like, okay, now I've got to be a video editor and a cinematographer. And uh, you know, yeah. there's so many more hats you have to wear now that there's everyone was kind of inside at the time. Yeah, absolutely. Um, do you have any plans? I mean, I'm sure you have plans to play the record out. I mean, now the stuff's opening up a bit. How, how did you feel about playing live? Yeah, I, I really look forward to it. Um, it. It felt like it happened overnight that everyone was 
booker it kind of did it was like now we can go outside okay and then it's like everyone's booking <laughs> all the tourists started popping up and i was like yeah. holy shit everyone all right we're back um, <laughs> all right it was overnight so i i felt a little i felt a little behind i'm like did you all know about this you know because your tour route your tour route is just already up um mm. so you know i'm i'm slowly slowly booking and doing some uh album release shows the vinyl will be ready probably like a month or so because it's very behind it's out mm. digitally and you know, I made a few CDs, even though no one listens to, you know, but uh, I love that you did a vinyl. That's rad. That's something I collect. And it's my first one. At. Ah, it's so cool. Yeah. My first uh, one, man. I'm very, very excited, you know, but felt like it was right for this, this record, uh, like just how it started, how it ended. I wanted to make sure it was on, on vinyl. That's so cool. Well, I mean, congratulations on the record and hopefully you'll be able to play some shows soon. Hopefully you'll come to Nashville. That'd be tight. I would, uh, love, I would love to. And uh, congratulations on the vinyl. That's exciting. Thank you, man. I do have one more question for you, Nick, before I let you go. I want to yeah. know if you have any advice for aspiring artists. Any advice for aspiring artists? A absolutely. Um, keep writing. Um, it's a tough, choice to be a creator you know it's brave choice it's a bold choice you know in in a world that is kind of very full of commodities and you know commodity driven activity i think art and creators and young artists songwriters are choosing to engage in a different kind of expression you know we have to live in that <laughs> we have to live in this world that is kind of has all these other things, but you're choosing to express yourself, I think in a very brave way. And I guess I would just say in those moments where you feel like, uh, what the hell am I doing? Why am I doing this? You know, does this matter to just keep telling yourself to keep writing? And yes, it does matter. Even if it's just for you then, cause then, cause then the pressure goes away. You know, you put all this pressure on yourself and Oh, I want it to be this, or I want to be validated this way, um, or this accolade, or this many people at the show. And once you kind of feel like, oh wow, I like this, I like this song, I believe in this, I found something because I I worked at it and I found the right way, I found the right vibe. Um, then no one can take that away from you. You know, it still hurts like hell if you feel like it's not being received, but you have that faith. So I feel like you get that by just continuing to write and continuing to build. And my last piece of advice, I think um, something I learned making this record is to not do like, don't try and do everything yourself, you know, ask for help, ask, you know, find a producer if you can't do it. Um, or even if you can do it, it might be fun to have the collaboration, you know, uh, have someone help you write the song. It's awesome. Like it's, it can take you to a place that you just never thought you would go. Um, so I would say, think of it as bigger than you. And then um, more things start to open up because I, it's, you just start sharing and share the process even. And I think it makes you, it makes you more in tune with the, the bigger picture of, of creating. <laughs>